Zahn, Holland, September 17, 1944. The mission of the 101st Airborne Division in Operation Market Garden was to secure the 15 miles of highway stretching from Eindhoven North to Vagel. The orders for Colonel Robert Sink and his 506th Regiment were to seize the main highway bridge over the Wilhelmina Canal at Zahn and then secure Eindhoven. With his regiment down in good order along the edge of the Zanshi Woods, Sink sent Major James Laprade's 1st Battalion racing to grab the vital bridge, followed closely by the 2nd and 3rd Battalions. The Screaming Eagles faced almost no opposition until the paratroopers reached the northern outskirts of the village of Zahn. In 88's at Zahn. All right, everybody, welcome to another ASL Extra presentation of the two half squads. Tonight we're doing 88s at Zahn. This is starter kit 14. So grab your scenario card, get out your Germans and Americans, grab board W, only hexes A through P are playable, and we'll get ready to go. Tonight's opponents will be Tim Klopacek, and Ron Schatz. Uh, I'll provide neutral commentary between turns, and at the end of the game, we have special guest Larry Schroeder, who will be providing end-game commentary, and then we'll interview both Tim and Larry, since they're new gamers to this podcast, and we'll turn it over to Tim. Hi, I'm Tim. I'm playing the Germans. This is scenario S14, 88's it's on, starter kit scenario. The victory conditions are for the American player, he must exit seven victory points or greater off the south edge between hexes F0 and L0, which is about the center half of the edge, and each squad is worth two victory points, each half squad is worth one victory point, and the single man counters, depending on their quality, a minus two is worth three victory points, a minus one is worth one, two victory points, and a zero or a plus one single man counter would be worth one victory point. If he gets the seven, he'll win immediately. Okay, a few of my comments about the general scope of this scenario. I believe this is a very challenging scenario for the American player. Um, the American player as usual, has a big advantage in firepower, but I think that the victory conditions are a challenge to accomplish in only five and a half turns. And my setup is going to reflect the way that I think the German can make that time become a problem for the American player. The American player on turn one gets um, four squads coming in at the center of the other edge of the board, opposite the edge he has to cross. And the um, second turn, he's going to get seven squads and a couple of leaders with more support weapons coming in in the corner of the board, which is the northwest corner. So my setup is as follows. In hex D7, the second order half squad, so it's occupying half of that building. In hex G7, a second order full squad. 
in hex G8 a 7-0 leader. In hex E5, a first order full squad and light machine gun. In hex O8, a second order full squad. In hex O5, a second order full squad. In hex M5, the 8-1 leader, a second order full squad and light machine gun. In hex O3, first order full squad and a 7-0 leader. The 237 is set up in the building to give, I'm going to start from the top again. The setup in general is designed to force the Americans over the hill. The 88 guns are located at J4 with the covered arc facing between I-5 and J-5 that's on top of the hill. Also on the top of the hill, the other 88 gun is in hex H-1 facing G-2 and G-1. Okay, the general idea behind my setup is to force the Germans over the hill into the guns. Now, only one gun is really going to be shooting at the Germans if they come over the top of the hill at first. The other gun is guarding the exit hexes, but it does have some capability to fire between two buildings and help um, if the Germans are, or if the Americans are coming over the top of the hill. So the rest of the squads are set up to make that happen. Squads in G7 and E5 are designed to give the Americans grief if they try to come through the wheat field on the northeast part of the board. The half squad in D7 is to give the Americans grief if they try to take the cover in that building. Note that the squads are on the second level, so coming through the wheat field, the Americans are going to lose their hindrance. They would still, of course, cancel the MO, but the minus one with the firepower that's there makes it difficult to approach that building. The squads on the other part of the board, the 467 in G in O3, has the range to reach all the way down the road to L7 and is making it difficult to approach the cluster of stone buildings in M7, M6, and N7. And that's also an advantage of the other squads. At M5, they will cover hexes L7, L8, the 447, and, or, I'm sorry, yes, the 447 and O6 will cover N8 and, and O6. They're making it difficult to approach that group of buildings. Um, now, uh, the, the squad at M5 also covers L5. It's basically again trying to make the Americans make sure that they're coming through open terrain and it'll be able to take advantage of a really good shot and slow the Americans down because the Americans don't have a lot of time. They can't be wasting any time. They really got to be moving. And of course the general plan as well is a fallback 
the Germans don't have to worry about casualties. So give the Americans grief, make them work, slow them down, drop back, final exit with the gun ready to take out any Americans that get through everybody else. 88's it's on for the Americans. Americans are attacking. We need to get off the board with seven, greater than seven, or equal to seven victory points. Two per squad, one per half squad, and the associated for their leaders. We have four squads supported coming in on the, what side is this? This is the, that's the west side. West side between E and H tens. Two, three, four, four hexes. We gotta get across the board. And then the next turn we can we can bring on seven squads. Seven squads. But they have to come in between P ten and M ten. So they have to come in through that slot, which is one of the reasons why he has an M five a stack of guys with an 8-1 leader on there. And then he's got two four four sevens supporting the hill at 06. Alright, and the other guys are on the other hill. I expected that. He didn't cover J3 though. That's nice. The guns can't be the guns are large, so they can't be hidden placed inside buildings. Okay, we're gonna come in from stack two squads up here with a bazooka behind H10. We're going to assume a blind hex saying G11. Our intention is to move into H10 to I10, throw smoke up onto the hill and run the other squad behind him. Try to get into the center of the hill, split him up into two sides and take uh, a hammer up the middle and hopefully we can scout out those guns before they scout us. Alright, well, I'm looking forward to this. I know Tim has made great growth as a squad leader starter kit player. He knows those rules real well. He's played all of the games, probably many of them multiple times, and he's a great starter kit expert. He knows a lot more about the differences between starter kit and advanced than I do. Uh, my concern is for his half squad in D7. Looks like he could easily get cut off uh, and, you know, have no place to route. Otherwise, his plan to have force um, run up on the hill could work real well. We'll see if the American Firepower and Morale 7 can stand up against those guns. Tim also did a nice job of cutting off those roads around that building cluster around the M7. So let's uh, get going. Let's have some fun and get some dice rolling. All right, end of turn two. We've got an uh, interesting situation. We have Ron move some dudes over to the hill on the right and um, I guess we'll just tell you where everybody's located now. Tim, can you real loudly read off where your men are? Well, uh, the troops that I had on the um, western part of the board from row M over are in the same locations as I originally positioned them. So okay. the ones in hexes M5 06, 05, and 03. Yep, and then you over here, J4. The is... gun has been revealed. And the new positions of my other units are a second line uh, full squad in G6, the 7 0 leader and half squad, second line half squad 
and G4 and uh, first line squad with a light machine gun in H3 and the other gun has not been revealed. It is hidden. And Ron, in I7, you've got... Uh, broken Squad. Yep, Broken Squad. Who low crawled back there, right? Yep. And, and K K what's K6 six. in a building with a uh, eight one Broken 8-1 and a Broken Squad inside the building. Oh, by the way, the gun is pointed at K6. And acquired It has so. an acquisition. Oh, back on... P8. And Ron's got here in K9. This the uh, earlier turn, turn one broken squad in K9. The bazooka and P9. And then uh, the second force that came, the part, the only part of the second force that came out in turn two was a single squad medium machine gun in, in the 9 1 and advanced up into P8 for like an overwatch. P8. So, um, I think actually at this point I will ask you one question, Ron. Uh, one thing caught Tim off guard. Tim didn't realize that they added a rule in Starter Kit 2 about lining up in the rally phase to enter. So, Ron, you did something daring in K7. <laughs> Can you tell us about that? Uh, in K what, K7? I think it was well, after I used J7. the... J7? After I used the gun yeah, to... Uh, changed the target over to that other hill at P8. And you first he fired it. Tim's fired it on the same hill as the gun. and Yeah, so he fired at 09, right, Tim? It was, it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Twice and lost rate. Yeah. And then Ron did what? I had the two squads that were in uh, J8, and I had seen an interesting opportunity to potentially rush his, um, rush his 88. It's never a smart move, but with two squads and the leader in there, he says, you know, we could put one squad out there and take the um, the single fire from uh, his, uh, what, G6 squad? Yep. And uh, move it into G6 to where he could only first fire, and then if any subsequent shots would have to be at that, so the leader could run through. The uh, other guys that were only one squad with a light machine gun with uh, two orchards between them, had the only shot, so he uh, attempted to um, hit the one squad and, and hit him, but I made a morale check and stayed there. Then the leader ran all the way up to about right adjacent to them, and he actually forced him to intensive fire his shot. Yeah, it was interesting because J5 was a level down, and the only thing at that point could take a shot was the gun. Right, because I By intensive fire. You, you just missed a little one in 06 yeah. across, but Tim was holding that shot thinking more Americans were ready to come on this turn, That's not right, realizing yeah. he didn't line them up in the rally phase. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you would have probably taken a taken shot there, too. So, end of turn two. We'll. Yeah. Ready to we'll roll see. into three? Yeah. All right, here we go then. All right, everybody, it's the end of turn three. It's a short game, so we thought we'd check in. I had a question for Ron last time, forgot to ask it. Why did you only bring on the one squad leader, whatever you brought on the <sighs> first turn? My thought might be overpower him with firepower and dudes moving. Is no, I didn't want to. I needed to get, get some more stuff. I wanted to get some more stuff done. I, I didn't accomplish what I wanted done earlier on. 
I wanted to get some other things going. I didn't want to clog it up and, and guarantee that I was going to go this way or this way down the middle. Oh, wait, which way or which way got his name? Um, this is if, if I'm wearing, audio I'm wearing production. N, we're in N, N10, I wanted to make sure... I, I didn't want to commit to going to P7, okay. that, that side of the building, right. or L7. Right, down which road? Okay. You know, down the road. So... So you, I you searched committed. it out a little. I wanted to search them out just a little bit longer, and I could. I mean, we still got a lot of turns. Yep. And these guys are more than fast enough to move across. Yeah, I like noticed that. in the advanced phase, you did a nice spread out to hexes M seven and N seven from one hex to two hexes. You get hexes shot at off long enough, you know. You try to keep them you shooting one guy. Out. <laughs> Tim's done a nice job of shifting his defense, as you can see in the photos, over from the right, his right, uh-huh. to his center. Now he's uh, the whole. All the action is now on the middle hill and the left. So he's falling in there to give Ron some resistance as Ron is committed now to this side for the moment. Yes. I uh, won't say anything more than that at this point. For the moment. Um, so, can Tim, can you come off where your squads are and give us the hex numbers and condition of the squad? Okay. Starting left to right, yep. I have uh, broken broken second line squad with a DM in P4 on the hill. Mm-hmm. I have a Broken half conscript squad in P2. I have a 7-0 leader and full strength first line squad in O3. I have a broken 8-1 leader, light machine gun, and an unbroken second line squad in L4. The leader is not under DM. The half squad in that other hex is not under DM. In P2. Right. The, I have a second line half squad in K2. The gun is in J4, pointing, pointing at building K6. Mm-hmm. I have a full uh, first line squad light machine gun and a 7-0 leader in J3. And I have a second line squad in G6. All right, and Ron, where are you at right now? Going left to right also, maybe from your perspective. K9? <clears throat> All right, K9. The, uh, the, half, the broken half squad uh, got DM'd and moved from I, I-8 to uh, K-9. I think that's it's a full, full squad. squad. It's a full half, yeah, full, yeah. A full it's half. a broken squad. Broken squad. And next in? Uh, then in the, uh, in the open street, uh, in L-8, full squad with bazooka. In the building of M-8, the 9-2 and a uh, fresh full squad. In M7, a fresh squad. N8, or N7, another squad. In the open road that advanced down off the hill is the 9-1 with the medium machine gun full squad. 08. And 08, so we've got a nice line there. And in the back in the woods at uh, N9, a squad and a broken half squad with the bazooka. Okay, any interesting action this turn, gentlemen, you care to recount? I'm trying to focus on trying to get across the board. I'm not doing well, but I'm doing well. You're third of the way across. I'll I'll just comment that uh, my expectation was that I was going to have to have a fighting withdrawal, and that's basically what's starting to happen now with where he's starting to approach me. Yeah, he broke you out of the D5, D6, 0506 building. Yeah. Uh, UKI8, I think, a squad and a leader in K6. Keeps my rally options down. With the gun. Your rally options. Yeah, Yeah, I don't have anything to rally, so I just killed him. When he he kills them all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, Alright, anything else, gentlemen? Nope. Okay, let's play on. Oh, 
Okay, we're going up to the top of five, turn five. You've got, uh, I ask Ron, why no killer stack with your nine neg two? But you got a big killer stack and lay it into fire and all over the place with a minus two. No, a couple shoot at. He's, far, he's, 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 he's well, doing where a good he is job. Now, but another no. player could have. You're telling me you can't make a nice killer stack with a nine neg two leader? Yeah, I can make my knife target for myself so he can shoot at that. Yeah, I'm if wondering. I get, if I get out to where he's. It's a game of maneuver. I don't want to sit back and, 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 and plank. I need to spread them out as much as I can. Well, so currently you're using your 992 to run back and to pick up these broken squads at the rear. Yeah. And that, you do have to do that. So. Yeah. And um, when you advanced, you didn't spread out going from o P5 to O5 or from M L6 to L5. I was wondering if you thought why or did you mean to spread out? Well, or? it was the only one time I could actually... I wasn't really concerned about the 188 gun. But after that, he, he popped the second gun to shoot that same stack. So we're not staying there. I don't know how we're going to get off that hill. but Okay, so let's so we'll um, going down. talk about where we are now. Ron, go ahead and start at K9. Um, the 9-2 ran back and easily got the, uh, the broken squad so we can have um, four victory points in the backfield to go any direction we want. Left to right? Oh, left to right. That's five. And then five. Or is that a half squad? It's a full squad. That's, right, uh, that's five. L5. We've got um, two full squads and a, and a um, bazooka. At uh, M8 is the um, half squad still that's broken. broken half squad, yeah. And then at N9 in the backfield is uh, the, still the half squad with the uh, bazooka. Uh, then at Q6 in the building is a single squad. You mean O6. And at Q... Five in the building is the nine one with the medium machine gun and two full squads that advanced into that that you asked earlier about. You mean O five, and they are acquired from. They are acquired MB. by the other far gun right now because the earlier gun is which is pinned. an H one. Yeah. So Tim, where are you at? Left to right, looking at the Germans. There's a broken second, no conscript half squad in P two. There is a broken second line full squad in P one. 7-0 leader, first line squad in 03, 8-1 leader, light machine gun, second line squad, second line half squad in L2. The 88 is in J4 with its crew pointing at L4. The 7-0 leader, light machine gun, and first line full squad is in J3. A second line full squad that is CX'd is in I3. The other 88 has been revealed in H1 and is pointing at I3. Okay, anything fun this turn? I liked when, Ron, did you have some shots at the gun in J4? Yes, we From did. L6? L6. We had, we had moved out. We had taken the first squad, first movement. We had threw the uh, smoke out successfully into L6. And then we took that same squad and moved them all around across the side and he ended up getting broken but I took a shot in the smoke but didn't hit and then the other squad moved up into the smoke and the uh, 88 um, missed and didn't have rate and didn't know it had no rate so we can take a next squad up and move him up into that area and then advance mm -hmm. into that building um, okay. it was a by what I've been doing with the 88 even hit me real regular and you made some movement that turn, getting past the halfway mark, isn't that, or close to it? And well, you had two turns left. It's a halfway mark physically, but his line is still 
halfway between the end of the board. Yeah. Uh, Tim, you got any comments at this point or fun things that happened this turn? Um, well, you know, I had to uh, reveal that gun when he came into Hex 05, the other gun. But I had, it pointed, I had pointed at the other side of the board, so by spinning around, I took a shot, but I lost rate because I had to spin it. Right. Um, Reduced rate of fire for turning the covered arc. I was not able to retain rate. In fact, I had rate fire zero because I, switched, I moved it twice. I moved it two hex sites. So um, that, uh, I, you know, I feel pretty good about things at this point. Yeah, you're, 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 you're in he's, front of him in the, a big in the escape off the all those victory points off. All right. Mm -hmm. Shall we roll it then to turn five? Yep. And probably six. This will probably be... Oh, this well, will be we'll a full see. game. We'll see. Here we go. All right, as a neutral commentator, I went up and took tried to take care of a very large, one of those giant mosquitoes in my kid's room and um, missed some of it, except one, I noticed you're exiting where? <laughs> off, the so off the edge of the board, right? <laughs> yeah, Ron wants to exit off N1 and... No, I just want to exit off the that page before. Yeah, yeah, the wrong side. N101, he's going for that side. Then he, then Same Tim <laughs> kindly pointed out that he has to exit between yeah, FO and LO. Doable. It is still doable. So, Ron, why don't you give us your dispositions left to right? L4. Well, actually, C5, oh, yeah. we have a, a CX 9-2 and a squad. Yep. In a building at level 1. And then way in the middle of the board, in the middle of the fight, is an L4 with a half squad left after firing its bazooka and um, not doing anything. Um, then we've got beside and him M5. It's a broken full squad in the building. And in front, the M4 is a full squad. In the back is still the old half squad and M8 and N9. Nobody's wanted to come to the party. So we're going out. To, we've advanced into O3 with a single squad and the 9-1 leader with a squad of machine machine gun RP2. I was trying for the edge of the board, and not so much the center edge of the board. But we'll see how it works. Well, with some incredibly lucky rolls, ironically, you will be able to get seven points off. With, yeah, lucky. You know, but <laughs> incredibly lucky. Let's see if it goes Hollywood. Tim's going left to right. Left to right. In 01, there is a broken second line squad and a broken 7 0 leader under a DM marker. We should say that the 7-0 leader was created during a rally roll. You're right. Snake Eyes on a self-rally. Yeah, N2? In N2, there's a broken first-line squad under a DM and an unbroken 7-0. L2? There's a second-line half-squad, second-line full-squad, light machine gun, and Leader. The good old eight gun. One leader. Oh, sorry, eight, eight, eight one leader. The good old gun is still in J four. Did we uh, mention the act that I have on M four? Go ahead. From gun H one at each one. There's a minus two acquisition on an M four, and there's a minus one acquisition on L four from the other gun in yep. J four. Ready to the gun in J four is pointing at L four. In L. Oh, J3, there is a first-line squad with a light machine gun and a 7-0 leader. In H1, the gun is pointing at I3. And there's a second-line squad at the building in G2. 
conveniently move back to cover off, cut off obviously the nine nag two of Ron's. As he's oh yeah, making movement points are always interesting. Yeah. Let's see right, anything got. fun this round you guys had you want to talk about? No. Bazooka see shot. Works. What happened to your bazooka, Ron? Oh, well, that's why we got a half squad in that uh, L5 or L4. Was the back blast. Yeah, and um, we got the effect. We hit him. Yep. On well, a three. 10. Yeah. And then a 10 on your, uh, yeah. or uh, well, you half squatted for the uh, back blast. All right, we'll play up the last turn then. All right, average. ladies and gentlemen, it's the end of the game. It was an incredibly, incredibly exciting, bizarre squad leader game. I killed myself, though. Ron says he killed himself, but what I got down is this. He moved, and I didn't write down which squad where. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know what he had to do. He had to run by all these German squads. Uh, Tim did a brilliant job of laying down resid fire all over the place. He, Like we talked about in a previous episode, he, he would take a small... Medium shot here, lay resid. The next shot next to it, lay resid. The third shot, lay resid. He found a protective fire. Ron moved in close to draw off all the fires he could while he was alive, and then he tried to spring on the outside around 02 across that lane. But anyway, it goes like this. Half squad ran, took a two down two, made it. Eight down two, made it. Four down two, and he ended up short of exiting the board because Ron forgot to... Yeah, well, I was kind of wanted to keep him there since we had that subsequent fire issue, so that if somebody were to... Well, had you double-timed him, you might have had him yeah, off the board. Yeah, but it's only one point. Oh, no it's only kidding. one point. But you only lost by how many points? That would have gotten you your victory points. Of course, I still had another shot to make it that good. That's correct, but it had that one-half squad CX that might have got off the board. Uh, then he ran a squad. It took a six down two. He made it. A four down two. He made it. A four neg three... He made it, and he went off the board. Then he ran a squad. He took a two down two, made it. One down two, made it. A four down two, and he pinned right on the edge on the of the edge. board. Then he ran another uh, squad. It took a one down two. It took a shot from the 88L, and it pinned right on the edge of the board. Then he ran another squad that I lost track of, but he made it actually off the board, taking various neg shots. No one got off for free. And then his leader ran, the 9-neg-1, took a 1-down-2 shot, took a 6-down-3 shot, final protective fire, and he made it. Then he had to go one more hex. Tim took another uh, final protective fire, 6-neg-3 shot, and he KI'd him, and he didn't get off the board. So at this point, he had 4 points off the board. He moved to his left flank, Ron's left flank. He had the 9-neg-2, the 7-4-7 squad, ready to go. He ran it to E. D1, Tim knew to wait, and at E1, Tim took the full four shot of the infantry from G2, and with a eight neg two shot. I think it was a one MC. It was just a regular one MC check. Normal check. The leader leader broke. broke. The nine neg two broke, and the squad would, we assume, go ahead and make it. No one cares now. Well, because it did. Because it did. It rolled a three. Oh, yeah. It rolled a three. Yeah. Uh, and it would be advancing off the board. That'd be no, six. No, I'd get one more shot at it. From how? I'd have a subsequent. Well, we have no, to go he only set. used one movement point. Oh, he's got to go to, go to F0. To oh, what the heck, roll it. Let's hear some dice going on this, on this podcast, folks. Six, cowering. And that's a, a two, neg two. Cowers to a one, neg two. Uh, and that ends up being a Four NMC. on the one. Normal check. Here goes Ron, just for fun, ladies and gentlemen. He makes it again! I don't believe this! So Ron got off I got the board. six points off six the board. Six off the board from what looked like right. he shouldn't have got more than two. And he would have had seven if that half There was a... No. If I, I, 
there's so many places. There's so many places I could have. There's ever no. You never know. How can you know? I mean, like Leader could have made his his check. The other guy, you you might have missed the KIA on this. You might have missed that. Maybe the pin. There's two pins here. There's two pins. Two pins. <laughs> yeah, but there was a ton of miraculous rolls. Oh, well, absolutely. well, here. Oh, I also wrote down Sims' first shots in a row: an eleven, a ten, an eleven, a ten, and a nine. And then I quit writing them down. <laughs> so that series allowed the half squat. He, he, started, up a lot he, of he started pushing the uh, the average though. He's, yeah. In fact, I almost wonder, uh, Tim, if you didn't spread out your subsequence a little too much, that your shots were four down twos, two down twos, six down twos, instead of a good old eight, eight down two, twelve down two, and laying a huge, I don't know. Yeah, I was trying to make sure that I had a gauntlet of Rizid to go run through. all around well, the, you yeah, and the, the leader, be sure to cover. The leader did, it, he might have been better off if I would have went through to the, the eight down two. Instead of running next to the for, oh, for you, three shots well, of final protective, the, yeah, he mean, yeah. Ron means when he went to M, he did, he avoided M one, which, which had, had an eight resid fire from the eighty eight, and he was zigzagging all around and went adjacent to the group in L two to get off the board. To, yeah, for, to think of for, to force a final I, protective. I probably would overlook that too. And you yeah. and you never roll a break on any of your four final protective rolls. Yeah, you oh, rolled right. six, seven, yeah, and that five. too stayed yeah. alive. Yeah. So. You got the opportunity. You, you, I force you to roll dice, and the more times you got, got the roll, the better chance you had to win. So. And my my end game notes were to ask you, Ron, to make a statement. Ron does not fear the neg two shot. I wrote that about mid game, and here it proves why. Uh, it often matters. It often matters when you roll. I don't know what I meant by that note, but um. Well, imagine if I was my exit point was a little wider than like I thought it was, even one hex wider. It would have been all way simpler. And there was so much going on again. I can't do much of a neutral commentary you know, at all. It was just all crazy. The starter kit did the game justice in a lot of ways because we didn't get clouded by concealment issues, um, other smaller stuff that that we have to stop and look up. I mean, it would have been nice to have some of the heat of battle stuff in there. But we did. We had uh, he had a leader on the one corner that we did that really kind of messed me up a little bit. If that wasn't there. I would have been across the board a little bit better. Well, we have a guest here, uh, Larry. Oh, yeah, Larry. Introduced earlier in the show. Uh, you have you played squad leader before? Oh, plenty of times. Yes, I have not dealt too much with uh, a very advanced squad leader. However, I'm very familiar with uh, the squad leader original squad leader starter kits. Okay. Um, I thought that this was a very interesting game and well played by both of the players. Uh, Ron attacked directly into Tim's defensive strategy. Uh, and he f and it, it was an interesting thing to see that uh, Ron just went right into the teeth of what Tim was trying to force him into. Well, he didn't know the gun was on the hill, but yeah. No, but, did, yeah. but he went to, Tim set up his yep. defense uh, with the intent of having Ron come right into the middle. Yep. And Ron did just that. Yep. And uh, well, he, Ron was afflicted at the beginning with a bit of ADD. And that meaning abysmal diral disorder. Oh. Uh, Ron made credible, if bloody progress. Uh, in an attack to me that was reminiscent of Grant at Cold Harbor. Uh, there was a lot of dead Yankees uh, pushing the Germans back, but there was not enough to manage victory in this scenario. Uh, and given Tim's setup, I, I would have been tempted to move strongly over to the United States' left flank yeah, I in an attempt that. to draw some of Tim's forces to the right of the hill. 
and pulled them out of position before those turn two reinforcements showed up. Uh, I was somewhat puzzled by Ron's delay of bringing the U.S. reinforcements on the mat early on to bring in more firepower and at least more targets to draw off some of Tim's initial uh, firepower. And although Ron's initial use of smoke failed, he didn't use it again until turn four. And then even on the last turn, turn of the game, when Tim was laying down all of that residual firepower, Ron didn't throw any smoke on the, uh, anywhere close to the fire spray. He didn't throw any smoke at all. Now, maybe there were movement point issues that he couldn't have thrown any smoke down, but throwing <clears> one <throat> smoke round on one of those spots uh, could have turned the game in his favor there. Yeah, it's something to think about. Yes. Um, I must say, Ron didn't waste any time. He didn't have any time to waste. Uh, but it seemed to me he didn't use space to his advantage. He kind of concentrated his forces in the midst of Tim's firepower. And he, it really didn't present Tim with a lot of difficult choices except right at the end of the game. When he counted. Oh, yes. Very much. Uh, so this kind of played into Tim's strength uh, by charging directly into the teeth of that German defense. And Tim had enough strength to deal with this just barely enough right at the end. And uh, so that, that uh, showed a lot of... Uh, of thought put into his initial deployment, and uh, although Ron, Ron made a, a valiant effort, it failed right there at the end. An incredibly oh, yeah. valiant oh, yeah. effort. He, I gave him every opportunity to use every squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I, see, I think only in the starter kit we could have got a game this. Everybody was engaged. Dave was excited. I was uh, even... Uh, Tim missed a few of his ADH shots because he was so focused in this firefight, yeah, this close-end firefight. Taking just, a couple of them. The excitement of the game was overtaking everything, and my, I just was trying to calm myself down to, to make sure I didn't do too many stupid things. The smoke issue, smoke wasn't was successful one time, and I did two movement, yeah. two movement points. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, even when you took them, you weren't getting them. <laughs> yeah, I got them once. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be nice to have a mortar <laughs> just for that purpose. All right, let's run some endgame interviews. We interviewed Ron on the last ASL Extra. So, Larry, tell me a bit about your gaming past. Well, I started wargaming back in the early 70s when I bought Avalon Hills Stalingrad game and Jutland and then Avalon Hills Luftwaffe game. And ultimately, I ended up uh, buying Squad Leader and... Uh, some of the additional modules that came with that, uh, it was a lot of fun. Tim and I played that as, uh, Tim was a teenager and I was in my early 20s. Now I'm 52. So I've played Squad Leader for many, many years. Although, I must say, in the, uh, in the last, oh, 25 years or so, I haven't played it all that much because I've been mostly a solo gamer and Squad Leader does benefit from uh, community play. Uh, but it is a game that stays with you. I've enjoyed it tremendously. Uh, I enjoyed watching this game a lot. Uh, I've been playing some, uh, plenty of other games recently, um, and it has been uh, uh, just a lot of fun. To, it's been a great hobby, um, and I have had hundreds of war games. I've had, On your shelves, right? Yes, and I've, I've sold a lot on eBay, and I bought a lot of new ones. Uh, he, some, he, he always he, keep making. He made over a thousand dollars selling some of his I, SPI collector games. Yeah, I guarantee. Yeah, I know you did. I had a, yeah. came across a Viking. Is that was that an SPI game? 
Viking um, and a big I have, flat. I've had all the SPI games that SPI ever made, from Campaign in North Africa to Kampfpanzer. To the big uh, war in Europe. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, now I'm, I've uh, started playing many more of uh, car-driven games and... Uh, Magic? No, 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 no. no, no. GMT, <laughs> GMT's okay, games for the and, people. Yep. Yeah, those some of those interesting games. But I haven't gotten away from playing uh, squad leader or tactical combat games, which are are quite interesting and challenging in their own way. Just some of the other competitor ones, tell you so. Are squad are on card driven games easier to play solo or do you? Have no, I don't those? find them easier to play solo. Uh, they each have their challenges uh, uh, to play to play as solitaire games. Um, although I did try to play ASL solitaire. In fact, I owned that for a long time, and I gave it to Tim about uh, a year ago, uh, along with the rest of my squad leader stuff that I had. Um, I never was really able to to get into it as much as I would have liked. Um, so it's uh, it, it's a, a real journey. Lots of fun and interesting new things out there on the horizon, and yet there is still uh, plenty of charm to the squad leader system. And uh, the uh, it's not only about the gaming; it's also about the social aspect of it that and the community aspect that is a very important thing. Yeah, and that certainly is why I play. And I, I always tell kids at school who say, "Oh, they play. We I play World War Two stuff, Call of Duty." On Mr. Kleinschmidt, do you play that? Do you play that? So well, see, it's different when you play with friends. And if you guys pick up Squad Leader or these war games, you can play with your friends and you can laugh and joke. And so you guys should try these games. So I, I'm always preaching to them, you know. But so it's easier for a kid to just put on the computer and play those kind of games. Yeah, I think the starter kits that have come out have been a, a real great thing uh, for people who are interested in in playing a game that is. Uh, uh, let's say let's say doesn't require a master's degree in squad leader uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh, and continuous reference back to the rules. Not to say that there isn't a place for advanced squad leader in all of that. Uh, there certainly is, but I think for most gamers, the uh, most casual gamers, people who play it every now and then, uh, the the starter kits are a great way to reintroduce yourself to the game if you've played it before. Also a great way. To uh, to continue to play that and bring new people into the hobby, uh, and so uh, I, I really commend uh, MMP for uh, that venture. Yeah, it was very good of them to do that. I think that is correct. We, on the podcast here, we get a lot of uh, a lot of letters from newbies saying, you know, I'm just starting out. Help us out. Keep doing these. So I'm glad that I got Tim and Ron and, and you, of course, to visit and do these starter kick games. So, uh, Tim, an interview with you, please. So okay. I first met you at the Palatine Club. That's correct. I moved to Illinois about three years ago. I'd been uh, wargaming for, oh, uh, gee whiz, I'm trying to remember, almost 40 years now, because uh, the first game my brother got was Panzerbolts, and uh, he gave, helped to get me a copy of the Gettysburg 64. And uh, mm -hmm. but when we really got into it was when he got a 1776 at Christmas just before the bicentennial and that's when it really started to kick off and uh, some friends other friends uh, we started getting into the Avalon Hill games really um, and uh, um, it's you know during the college years it was harder to get to play as much for me but um, getting back into the hobby again uh, after uh, uh, becoming a career professional it's just something that I enjoy doing and uh, um, for me as well, I have a broad interest in games. Uh, 
I've actually not done much ASL over the years until the starter kits came out and made it much more doable. Yeah. It always overwhelmed me. The, 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 the rule book is so huge. Yeah. And it made it possible and so that now I've taken to really know the starter kits, all three of them, played almost every single one of the starter kit scenarios, including Esther runs that have been published or available online. And some and, of them twice and three times. Yeah, and, and, and now I can play people like you who know the full rules. I have a copy of the rule books. Thank you, Larry. And, and uh, uh, not that I've actually taken the point now to read the rest of the rules, but it's easy for me to pick that up. I can play someone like you who knows the rules, and when things come up that are different from the starter kits, I can usually take it on piece by piece. So, um, but I, I do a lot more than ASL. I do the card-driven games. I, I do more gaming and more gaming with, with Larry than with anyone else, but I have other good friends, including uh, my friends that I've made in Illinois. So, um, but uh, not in miniatures, Tim? No, I'm, I'm not Larry? in miniatures. No, I haven't played miniatures. Okay. Uh, the closest I got to that was my old uh, Avalon Hill Jutland game from way, way yeah. back, moving my World War One battleships around my bedroom floor. Okay. Yeah. And Ron, did you've done miniatures games, so just yeah, D&D? Yeah, uh, Tractics. Um, I remember the first time I got in the club, the guys had little one-inch tanks that the micro micro armor micro armor stuff. yeah all millimeters yeah, really and, uh, stuff and we were all three dice and eight teens with the t-34s would charge across and get decimated by panther tanks of course but yeah so so miniatures is not as much for you guys no, no, really no i've always been a cardboard gamer yeah and probably possibly who you know right if you had a good friend that did it you probably would have jumped right into that too but it's possible. I, it's it's community-driven. I think you really, really hit on the spot there. Community-driven. If you got the right buddies to do it with, uh, yeah. you might grab The game is as good as the players you play with. Yeah. And that, that holds more true than I thought before. Yeah, there's no doubt that my interest in ASL through the starter pits is thriving because of the friends I've made in Illinois like you guys. Yeah, and, it's, we, and we are lucky, again, to have so many people that I can... Well, as you know, you asked me to play something. Oh, I got to play with Dave, and I got to play with Rick, and I'm doing this. And I, I just told a lot of people I couldn't game with them, new guys to the club. And then I find when I call them, they're all, "Well, I'm gaming with so and so, and I'm gaming with oh no, you know, I have no one to game with. Wait a minute, I'm the one that started everybody here, you know. Yeah. So, but that's what a problem to have, right? Too many yeah. people to game with. So, and Larry, you don't. You don't have a lot of face-to-face in, in... No. You live in Wisconsin? Yes, in a small town north of Madison, and there really aren't any uh, folks up there that do much gaming, uh, or any, for that matter, uh, hmm. at least not in the er- areas that I have an interest. Uh, so I, I do uh, quite a bit of solitaire gaming, um, and I, I do some play testing for some folks that have new games coming out, which has been kind hmm. of fun. Uh, and I try to stay in touch uh, with what's going on in the hobby on consimworld.com, which I recommend to people who uh, are interested in war games and new things coming out. I always try to stay on top of things that are new in the hobby, uh, and I, so I look forward to new publications of uh, particularly to- topics I'm particularly interested in, uh, and it's, uh, I don't think there's an East Front game yet made that I have not owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is true, <laughs> and uh, so it, it's uh, it's kind of always fun for me to evaluate new game systems and and look for uh, new and innovative things. Uh, that's what I find to be fun. 
Well, I'm going to switch this off the interview portion and throw out one question, although we're running a little long um, for a extra episode. But this topic came up in the game. Ron ran somebody by an egg two shot and made it. That was early. It wasn't yeah. at the end. <laughs> no, it was like the first shot. And Ron, Ron said, oh, it's like Hollywood. And then Larry made some... I was wondering about your perspective on squad leader. Maybe all of us can just have a free-form conversation. Um, my wife, is squad hit, my leader, wife hates it. I always want to like the old 1940, 1941 movie. Hollywood! And <laughs> Cardboard Heroes. Well, it's only cardboard. And, and it's... Get get a good story and just Hollywood Hollywood it up. Just 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 amp it up and just let the color fly because ASL will let the color fly at any one given second. So when you retell the story or Tim retells the story, it's much more exciting than it would be in real life. Is that what we're saying? Well, Probably I, not. I tell you, my my own particular theory on it is that ASL does not necessarily represent what you might actually see on the battlefield. Uh, We had uh, Ron Sergeant Stryker leading that charge right into a flak 88 uh, in point-blank range, without any covering fire, which you probably wouldn't see normally on a battlefield. Yeah, that's right. We have our units sweeping fire. We have a half squad, uh, a team, team of soldiers hit the thing on the side, sneak of them, hit flanking shots, and then... You come up and sweep over them, but yeah, there is there is very little maneuver in this narrow avenue. And it's you, an abstract. Yes, I mean, it, that's it just the challenge between realism and abstract, and that's the balance that war gamers or game designers have always been working. Uh, a friend of mine, and uh, we're always talking about new systems like the new uh, CC. The, the guy that's a Avalon, uh, uh, ASL player made his own system for that other uh, sleeping bear, and it's been really doing Can't really well. Home. Yeah, or. Um, Whatever that was. The Complex of Heroes? Complex no, there's, of Heroes. There's different yeah. ones. He, he's, he's an ASL fan. Very, very good ASL player, and he decided he wanted to make something a little different. But now, at the, I would interrupt as the moderator. At, at the moment that Larry, I think, has stressed kind of the thought, I could see you thinking it or you said it, that wouldn't be real realistic, Tim had used his rate of fire to his left. And that then that 9-neg-1 with the squad came up the middle. So oh, I was going to oh. say, well, it's kind of realistic. Tim was firing to the left, and they snuck up the, the middle. Now, where it all fell apart was with this crazy ending that I swore I've never seen in my life. I've never seen 15, 20 neg, shot, neg two shots and three shots, and two squads get off the board. Through. I, I just, then, yeah, I'm thinking, okay, Larry's almost right. Almost four. Yeah, almost four. You know, that's where it kind of fell apart, because Ron's troops, if you look at the game board folks in the photograph, will remember where he was placed, and you uh, they had to go stra- adjacent to to enemy you, troops. You know, right if you there, replayed yeah. in the open, we street. both would have done things different because I missed some shots I should have been taking. You know, so there's there's yeah. places that it's a good thing you didn't take the shot, or good things you did take the shot. Yeah. But it's a very fun game. I, I mean, I remember playing a game with Tim one time. This goes back many, many, many years, and I had my poor nine-two leader, German leader in Stalingrad who is meleeing against three Russian submachine gun squads. And I rolled snake eyes on the melee and killed his Russian squads. Yep. Single-handedly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And uh, that was a uh, you know, very uh, you know, memorable moment. So, you know, in spite of the... You know, the An abstract of scale. Abstract, yes. It uh, is one of those things that just happens and... Uh, it, it's one of those things I remember now, you know, 25 years hence. Well, I think I think that one of the things that I was going to say about any of these combat 
games, you know, Ron mentioned one, Larry and I have played this other one that he liked, NASL, and I think it's something that is, is uh, different than the strategic level games, as much as I enjoy them, believe me, I enjoy a good strategic level game just as much, but the narratives that are developed from the battle are story. really a fun part of yeah. the combat, uh, yes. or the tactical level games. Right. The... Um Yet, and yet, as, as we all probably know, when you look in history, in fact, if you go to Cantini Park over here in Winfield, Illinois, mm-hmm. there's a sign on the wall, and I don't remember it exactly, but it's this World War I guy, and he got like his arm stuck under somewhere, so he sawed his arm off, he came upon some Germans, he got the jump on him, he pulled his pistol out, he managed to capture them, he made them carry him, you know, so this is where you get this bizarre, you know, how did one leader take out a squad and a half? And it actually happened. And, of course, Sergeant York. At school, I run the film Sergeant York, the Hollywood version made during World War II. It's kind of pro-war. People die, but they die kind of happy, you know, heroic. Gary Cooper. Bless Gary Cooper. <laughs> and, I, and the kids go, and I go, so could that happen? We just watched him capture 40, 50, 100 Germans, whatever it is. And it is historically accurate. I, I've read multiple accounts of it. To verify it for the students and present them with the information. They, and they go, no, that couldn't happen. It's a movie. They go, guess what? And I start reading from military history or a book. Sergeant York did this and this and this and this. Here's how he did it. They were ready to surrender. He got them from the side. They didn't know how many enemy they were facing. And so you'd get this craziness that almost justifies squad leader. It's human. The human condition. Is the human scared? Is the human comfortable? I mean, that's that's all. I mean, who's more will is going to outwill maybe, the other Maybe guy. these tactical games take liberties with just to. how often that happens, which yeah, makes it true. more fun for us. Right. Well, it's Cause, true. Because I mean, would you play if you if it always ended up again where the the Americans <clears throat> always got stopped and that 88's it's on? No, you wouldn't. It has to have some no. vagary of the die, and it, it has to be... Yeah. You, have, you have to have some type of uh, right. well, abstract. There, and Larry, aren't there some games you play where it's... I, I've read people who've talked about them. I've never played them. But, uh, yeah, we used to always play this one. We realized the site could never win. A huge campaign game like, I don't know what, um, Third Reich. I don't know. I'm just throwing out names. That, but but I, I've heard people say that. And we realized well, it, yeah, it, it always is like the American... The, the Germans kick butt at first, and then they always lose. It's like historical. It always goes that way. And that's not what Squad Leader is, right? Oh, it's so many different theaters. I think Squad Leader's biggest strength is it's got the different years, the different theaters, the different personnel. I mean, it, it, that that width well, it's is almost insane. It's, to- it's, it's, it's infinitely replayable because you can always come up with some other battle. I mean, that's why the designers are out there making these designs and making money to, well... Making their designs and scenarios and selling their designs. Yeah, but, some uh, aren't, but, yeah. but enjoying to, to get some ideas out. Because, uh, like earlier, I mean, how do you make your own battle? I mean, you take you, take your design your own would take you forever. You might as well make your own scenario and make a collection of them. Right. But that's a whole different study. I mean, and, Larry, you were going to say something to me? About no, well, some I, games I, that play the same way? You yeah, were... I, I have experienced that. Uh, and that that's one of the advantages of this of this game system is that uh, you, you just given the setup and as you learn with experience and uh, you will you have to learn to overcome obstacles and learn setups and uh, you also have to learn tactics that work in different situations. It, helps. Yeah. Is, yeah, it does, it really is. and uh, you know it's kind of interesting aspect of uh, of squad leader that I think is abstracted with the die rolls. I suppose to some degree is. 
you know, what you can actually make your forces do and what you want them to do and what they won't do. Right. And in, in the game, you can generally make the forces move where you'd like them to move. Uh, in the hazardous situations, irrespective of... There, there's no emotion attached to those counters. <laughs> right. If you want them to move into F7, by gosh, they'll move into F7. Until they fail, yeah. they're morale checks. <laughs> yes. Until they, they fail, they're against you. That's right. Well, so. a few times you don't get to make morale checks. You just get vaporized. Yeah, that's... <laughs> but, but yeah, that is, of course, correct. Other systems take account of that before they move. Yep. Well, looking at a uh, longer version of normal, I've really actually enjoyed this roundtable discussion at the end of this show and I was thinking at some point the podcast much like a, a, a podcast Fear the Boot uh, role playing game they really just do sit around and talk and uh, with more people than just the two Jeff and I or three Joe Jeff and I or a guest and um, I would like to at some point I'll bounce it off Jeff see if uh, he likes what he hears and if our fans like what they hear open the, the podcast up and do more roundtable discussions about yeah. gaming and, well, now, now and squad leader focus though folks now that my heart rate's down to normal has speed it gone here. down <laughs> i've actually got it down at that last turn i think was it about a hundred and a half it is. <laughs> all right well thanks for listening everybody and remember to roll low Whoa. and may the dice, dice be with, with you, you. now when you're playing us bye-bye Oh, it's a snake eyes. This has been a production of the Two Half Squads and is copyrighted 2009, fully owned by its host. Portions of the program may be used as long as credit is given to the Two Half Squads.